0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Marvel Cinematic University, the show that is so excited to be talking about Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff again. Uh, you know, you've been with us through Infinity War, etc. And now we're on to WandaVision. I am one of your co-host, Jay Christie, joined as always by Anthony Canton III.
1: Yo, what's up, everybody? This The show's getting wilder and wilder. Let's get into it.
0: Yes, I'm also joined by... A Person who's honestly uniquely equipped to talk about when things get wild, Jerome Chang. I'm just happy we found a
2: Zoom room to actually like all collectively come into to get <laughs> old. You would you no, it's not just your old. <laughs> I Hashtag also I'm old.
0: if I would have waited a little longer, I don't think I would have messed it up again. But uh yeah, you would think after almost a year of the pandemic, we would have known it took a
2: minute just for like AC's telegram to reach us, uh with the <laughs> invitation <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I'm I didn't even know suits. I didn't
0: I honestly was surprised that there was a Western Union location so close to me. I was going to um, send a carrier
2: pigeon with my takes on the show back to him, but this is much more I mean, You see sh- you see there's a reason I shaved because I was
1: looking way too haggard, way too yeah. old. I speaking f- of pigeons, I because speaking carrier pigeons, being a carrier pigeon's
0: honestly your hair and beard you look like uh Lawrence Fishburne in John Wick Chapter 2 with the carrier pigeons. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that I mean the beard and uh, the color maybe. You know. <laughs> By the way, that delightful <laughs> laughing here is our guest, and you've she's been on the show forever. You know she's up and does what, and Marvel did what with uh, guest Anthony. does not do a justice. Yeah, guest does not do justice. Part she's, of the show. Yeah, exactly. She's you know on a uh, if you say like a rap group, there's the Associated Acts tab, mm-hmm. associated act of Marvel Center, Mac University, Stephanie Williams. Steph, how are you?
3: Doing good. I'm ready to talk about WandaVision because it's getting weird and darkness is getting weird. It.
0: And before we talk about this. Uh, newest episode, Now in Color. Um, Steph, uh, you weren't on uh, for our first bit, our first two-episode discussion. So what were some of the thoughts you had uh, for the premiere that, um, you know, if you had, the takes that were in the chamber that if you would have been on last week?
3: Um, I loved it. Uh, I think that it's brilliant that they are uh, using old sitcoms for Monica, kind of like, not Monica, wow, get Monica on the brain, for wanda to work mm-hmm. through her trauma because isn't that what we're all doing right now at home mm-hmm. during the pandemic watching old shit that we that we love mm-hmm. to try to get through so um i it's just so I, I don't know what you're talking
2: about steph i didn't just re-up my disney plus and watch drumline this weekend i have I oh
0: have you no- didn't <laughs> fun fact about drumline my super old now just recently deceased, like I forget if even class he taught in my high school, but he was known as that like, he ran like SGA and he was like a five foot five, super old school former wrestling coach. This like white guy who, you know, the most but his favorite movie of all time is Drumline. And no one who knew him understood what he liked about it. Did you <laughs> pay him honor by banging the drum? No, I never was in student government <laughs> or nor, and then I never took his class. Anyway, Steph continue. <laughs>
3: No, but I just think it's brilliant the way they've done it and the fact that it is so weird and so dark. Um, mm-hmm. It's a stark departure, what we're used to getting from Marvel, and I love it. Like, it reminds me of Doom Patrol. I know we're not, yes. I, you know, talk about some DC real quick, but it it reminds me of Doom Patrol in a way that um, it's, quote unquote, low stakes settings, but that's not really the case because clearly mm-hmm. things are really messed up and there are a lot of people in trouble, but um, I just feel like because things are exploding all over the place, we actually get a chance to focus on Wanda and what she has going on, uh, which is just mess. Like, she needs um, Ianla to come in and fix her life. <laughs> Damn, now I wish Ianla was actually going to be in an episode. Now I just made myself sad because that's not man, happening.
0: That would be for the 2010 section. <laughs> um Yeah. Man uh so but we're not in the 2010s yet but we're not in the 60s or 50s either uh well i mean and apparently my radiator really wants to be in the podcast but it's not here or there i don't know if you can hear it but uh we're in the 1970s uh, as described by the episode titled now in color and this was obviously shown in the last episode where when wanda appeared to be after she became uh, pregnant out of nowhere um the show got into color and um before we go through the recap um I think it's, I think it should be just before we go to the actual plot elements, um, AC and Jerome and Steph, what else in that order, because I don't know why I said all three guys' names at the same time. Um, what about, what do you think worked with this motif in the same way that the other ones worked well? Because obviously I think that a lot of the stuff in the fifties and sixties of how chaste it was made a really interesting, like bit of tension in a lot of different ways, but this obviously didn't have the same thing, but what were the things that were specific to the seventies motif that you think heightened the tension and the weirdness of it all?
1: Well, I mean, they just continue to lean into a lot of the goofiness that you would get from like the Brady Bunch, uh, the Dick Van Dyke show, things like that. Um, We look at the title cards, which, you know, I'll kind of get into later with the Easter egg segment because it's like it's loaded with just such goofy facial expressions and the uh, the frames as they go to the uh, end of the title cards and stuff like that but um it's just again this is like there's so much subliminal stuff with this show that it, it, it's just like you're thinking but at the same time you are enjoying the uh the goofiness like the papaya joke from uh from Vision and again Paul Bettany has just been such a standout uh so far in this role playing this very aloof robot dude um who's kind of realizes that there's something going on, but is always fouled up by something. But um overall, when you just look at what's worked with uh, this episode again and and it's funny, just that as a little digression, I have had uh, people ask me whatever they thought of this so far. and I think it's one of those things where they're asking me because they're kind of afraid to say that they don't either they don't get it. Or they don't necessarily like it. Yeah, and um, it kind of speaks to a point that Jerome made last week about where this is going in terms of pacing and plot and, and things like that. Now, personally, for me, I feel like when they lean into this storytelling, it's very important. As Steph brought up something that I was going to say at the top about the trauma element and the and the you know working through that type of stuff. And I think this goes to another conversation that Steph and I had when we were reviewing House of M is where a woman's perspective is often overlooked and often just forgotten in general. And right now, that's what we're getting. We're getting Wanda living, it's a wonderful life. And every time there's something that's in her way, she just refuses to come out of that and she finds a way to get, you know, back to her wonderful life. And I think that, from a fan reaction standpoint, people don't, there's a lot of people who don't want to see that they want their milk toast MCU, the way that it's normally delivered. And this is just different. And listen, part of it is the whole women, woman factor. It's this is through the, the eye and the viewpoint of a woman. And some people are uncomfortable with that. But me personally, I'm not, I'm really
2: enjoying it right now.
0: At drum, what do you think worked about um oh. Oh. No, go
2: ahead Seth? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, They're did
0: fun- I uh... Oh, <laughs> no, no, Seth Steph,
2: <laughs> sorry go ahead. Seth. If you have something to say about like AC's point, like I think it's like No, yeah, I do definitely. Yeah, yeah. So go for then it, go. please. Yeah,
3: yeah, No, the only thing that I wanted to say is that this is uh Avengers Disassembled but the writers actually care about Wanda. Like this is right. I feel like this is her, this is the 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 Wanda Cut of Avengers Disassembled. And like that's the why it's working. And I feel like if you are someone who is very familiar with Wanda's history, like this show, I don't know, like it's just all coming together. Like this is one of those times for um a comic book adaption where if you are aware of what's going on there, like you're you're really eating well right now because mm-hmm. everything's coming together.
2: Uh yeah, no, no, I I agree with steps and AC's point like i think also like I, I don't i don't think i would ever point the finger at anyone saying like you're just not getting it or just like you appreciate you want like the milk toast version of MCU this is so far inside and like not even on a like women's perspective men's perspective thing like although that is a really good point from AC i think no like it this is this would be very hard to get into i think if you're a casual viewer of mcu and i don't blame anyone for saying like i i don't really get what's going on even people who are listening to the podcast right now um i i wouldn't say that where wandavision is at the moment is necessarily for everyone uh i think you know what we look at it when it comes to the end of the season i'm pretty sure we're gonna like because especially where it's like leading in the latter part of that episode uh, mm-hmm. of this episode um, it's definitely getting into a place where you can like start, you know, really getting back into like the larger Marvel of it all. Um, But I wouldn't blame anyone if they feel disconnected from what they've seen in the first uh, three episodes at, to this point, but yeah. um, to Jake's original question. So what works about the seventies? Um I think like basically the plot that they wanted to do here in terms of like the zany, uh, like pregnancy, uh, giving birth, the water breaking early and having to give birth, like if it it's perfectly in the 70s uh, family sitcom uh, motif, like I think uh, just the Brady Bunch element to it works really well in the building out that way. Um, I think also just when it comes to like looking at, you know, like, I don't know that Geraldine could have this kind of secondary character at any decade before this decade. Mm hmm going into yeah. the 70s. So I think that's a good, I think that's fair. like that's a place at least like where it fits more naturally. Um, and that goes to also just the neighbor elements and things like that. Like I'm, I'm not speaking from any expert level when it comes to 50s and 60s, but I think um, the 70s and further probably lean more where like location wise, you're going outside, you're talking to the neighbor across the fence and things like that, where you might not be doing that so much in, uh, in older sitcoms just because of the different sets they have built out. So I think on those elements and how cleverly they use that, um, I would say, like without going too deep into it, uh, those neighbor exchanges and mm-hmm. especially the way the set dressing is there, um, it's so, it, like I just really liked how it looked because it was very clear that behind the neighbor, that wall ended. There wasn't yeah. like any real depth to it, and it started mm-hmm. giving me that kind of Truman Show vibe where you're about mm-hmm. to hit the wall, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not going to be able to do that really with any other thing. And I think also it's necessary that you see that in color. It wouldn't have been its appearance mm-hmm. in black and white.
0: Yeah. Now I'm imagining, uh, Instead of Geraldine coming over and Noah Emmerich running in with some beers trying to get uh, wanting not to leave. <laughs> um, honestly, I just want to shout Noah Emmerich, great character actor. Uh, Stephanie, um, what was your, uh, and like, we're going to obviously get to the recap, and I have some thoughts on this too, but what was the thing that you thought the 70s allowed them to do and like this motif allowed them to do storytelling wise? Mm-hmm.
3: Well, real quick to uh, Jerome's point um, so. in pointing this out, like, you can tell that they are also like showing the progression of sitcoms mm-hmm. as they do this, which is adding to the story. Um, but the 70s element, um, and I feel like uh, Anthony brought this up, is the bubbly- bubbliness of it all, right? Mm-hmm. That yeah, is for sure. making the dark and weird moments hit even harder than they did in those first two episodes. So man, I'm sorry, I can gush about this show. And I like, I haven't felt this way about an MCU project in a long time. Um, Maybe Black Panther, but yeah, maybe.
0: And I think the thing that specifically for me and um, when I was at college at a school that I don't mention on this podcast, I took a class (laughs) that was a, uh, it was supposed to be like analysis of TV story, but it ended up just being a history of television Mm -hmm. class. Um, And a thing that, was notable about the 70s was that it was the obviously not to the extent that like the 2000 2000s, 2010s were with like Modern Family, but the the idea of an American family and what an American person was changed so much. Mm -hmm. Like the main, the first thing that with the Wandavision, like the two main shows that they kind of parody in the opening titles, like the way that Texas, that's the married Tyler Moore show, which was groundbreaking, obviously, because a woman who got divorced and moved beyond by her own in the third in her thirties, and the Brady Bunch was obviously a mixed family, and so I think that you couldn't have the story of them having their kids. Obviously, there were kids and stuff in. Older sitcoms, but for example, in *I Love Lucy*, they were never allowed to use the word "pregnant" because that imp- that you need to have sex in order to be pregnant, so you couldn't say they right. couldn't say that. For example, and I think that just like what starting a family meant in like the '70s, both in the real world and in sh- TV shows, um, was different in a way that they were able to do. It was more fun and more zany, and like um, I think it just was more freeing that it, I there wasn't like that it allowed the bit where. Uh, she was trying to hide her pregnancy from Geraldine to not be like a bad thing. And also, I think it, I also think it changes. I think that you're about neighbors is interesting too, not just because in the literal way that the shows work, they were allowed to show the neighbors because the way they set the sets were. I think that you, by the seventies, we were further away from the red scare paranoia about neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that um, even book. though they're still worried about being found out, um, the uh, the main driving force of one's neighborly relationships became less about not being like not not that you're not conforming, but you just you want to be seen as friendly. That like oh they're great people, they're good people, and that was I think such more important. And that even the scene with uh, Agnes and I forget the neighbor's name. he should be in front of me, but it's not. Um, that like it's less about like not being suspicious. It's more just about keeping everything calm and stable. And I think. the that that man's was, Herbert. Herbert, yes, Herbert, yeah, Herbie. Oh yeah, his friends call him Herb. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, hmm. um, I want to get into the recap just cause a lot happens in this. Um, and, uh, so we then, honestly, just, the recap is just a function. We need to get through it quickly so we can get, uh, we can finally hear AC's 70s version of his, uh, uh, oh, yes. song. <laughs> um, so we start off with, sure. uh, we start off with a great, the TV the credit sequence. Like I said, Mary Tyler Moore, Brady Bunch, a bunch of fun scenes. Um, I imagine that that must've been a very fun day to film for the cast, hmm. um, and we start off with Doctor Stan Nielsen uh, comes to check out Wanda because she's pregnant, and we learn that for medical, from a medical perspective, she is uh, four months pregnant, which is obviously uh, not true. But um, Betany's killer in this scene. Bob. Oh my God! Yes, if you, yeah, he's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he but, is so damn
3: funny. Like it doesn't make any sense okay that's my
2: thing well <laughs> you I, I like I happy you're that up just because I was texting the guys about this over the weekend and we won't go into long detail but I re-watched Iron Man 3 this weekend and I honestly forget how much I love the charm of just Bettany as Jarvis like it just the shift yeah. over once he goes to Vision obviously it just changes mm-hmm. and he's this fully fledged character but just kind of the whimsy and the wit of a Jarvis on his own was really fun and then like here I think um, yeah, no, just Bettany is, he's such a weird dude. <laughs> I think it's like coming through <laughs> on this set on this show. And I love yeah. it.
0: Um, and so this is where they compare it to the size of a fruit, uh, the fetus the size of a fruit. I believe that, what is it? A pear at this point? Um, at four months, uh, sorry, I'm not an OBGYN. Um, and I also didn't write that down my notes. So we've learned that this is important for later that the doctor is going on vacation in Bermuda, um, fun stuff and that they're going to keep the pregnancy a secret and as vision is leading him out we see Herbie herb um cutting through a concrete wall between their his house and uh the vision residence and with a chainsaw which um is i think a really great i I think it's just an awesome scene the way that that's played with tension because it's never resolved like it's it's not like he says (laughs) anything it just (laughs) keeps happening you know yeah he
2: does yeah yeah, yeah. The, bl- the blank look is just so great. It's like,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it's like continually trying to chop yeah. through the walls. Fantastic.
0: And then this is where Blizzard comes back in. And Wanda, he says, Wanda, have you gotten bigger? Which I just remember from all the commercials. Um, and uh, then the great papaya joke. Um, and uh, yeah, because she's now six months pregnant. And um, this is where there's the tension of, uh, and I know that AC, as AC and Steph as fans of, these comics you must have been very happy when they had the argument about the names billy and tommy
1: oh yeah that was tremendous and it's funny because it's like you think of how uh wanda wants uh the name tommy for this all-american like Mm -hmm. this is kind of like how she views the the american life just imagining her as a child in sokovia Mm -hmm. watching sitcoms and television which you know part of the reason why she probably created this whole world mm. and uh vision with billy uh alluding to william
0: shakespeare and is that Justine. canon is that why it's it's billy or no
1: is it i, I believe it is because i because it's funny because yes. vision yeah, yeah. vision's son in the uh tom king run right is reciting uh shakespeare mm-hmm. um in in one of those um issues so yeah that is canon Whenever yeah. I think of yeah, go go. No, I was gonna no, say no, no, stupid. I gonna,
3: no, I was just confirming, like, cause I'm like, you had me second guess. I'm like, that is amazing. that's that's why I was excited. Yeah. But yes. So
1: for a second, it I is. had to think what? back to when I read it and I was like, Yeah.
0: Whenever I think hear someone call William Shakespeare Bill or Billy, I think of an interview Tracy Morgan did, that, like a comedy interview where the guy asked him, Do you respect Shakespeare? And he goes, Bill? Yeah no <laughs> which I think of that all the time um and yeah so they're just talking about Wanda I mean Wanda uh Billy or Tommy and um then this is where Vision calculates that Wanda will have her baby in three days based on the progression which even he's an android but that math doesn't seem right um no it doesn't it's kind of wild when you think about it things are moving
1: you know it's funny things are moving quickly Vision is moving really quickly which I'll get to
0: later uh, Tom Thibodeau should be Quick starting like quickly. Um, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, and so then as uh, Vision is practicing changing a diaper on a baby doll, which I don't think he needs to do. He has super speed. Um, Wanda has what I believe is called a Braxton Hicks contraction, which I said sounds like the name of a quarterback for an SEC school. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, she starts doing breathing exercises and um, – Bunch of stuff, crazy shit starts happening. Um, and, I, and Steph, I assume that this is something that is, maybe not just with a pregnancy, but is like a common theme in Wanda comics, wherever she's having any sort of physical distress, uh, stuff starts going haywire around her.
3: Yeah, actually, um, that's what leads her to working with um, Agatha Harkness um, because her she, like she's upset that she can't control her powers and that's kind of how they end up hooking up and she leaves the Avengers to like, basically go on this eat, pray, love, um, witch thing <laughs> <And> <laughs> to get better about it. But yeah, that is very in line. I do and that's actually have a... how people take advantage of it too.
2: Mm. I do have a question for Steph. Um, so typically when I see a woman uh, Marvel character in TV overwhelmed emotionally, uh, they would just faint um, based on my understanding. Uh, what is going on here? Is this an evolution that we're seeing?
3: This is a bit of a, evolution um instead of fading we just see her you know powers going out of whack and then you know actually her coming back and she does get control of them so it's not right. like you know
2: and also right. she's going through labor so yeah. we'll let it pass exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, I just like i just expect her to kind of like fall back and yell for scott whoever a scott could be in this universe
3: i mean jerome had this been written maybe what Five years ago, probably. Probably. Yeah. All right.
0: Or or if the Jack Schaffer or Schaefer that wrote it was short for Jack and not Jacqueline, then maybe. Um, but uh, <laughs> anyway, that uh, the lights the lights go out in the whole neighborhood, and uh, AC's favorite character Phil is asked by Dottie if her earrings make her look fat, and he says like, "Was like, thank God when the lights go out," which I, which made me laugh um great job, <laughs> phil, phil really got had... some
1: one-liners in this show man
0: yeah you tried to get him on the pod <laughs> it was great Did you really? <laughs> yeah he, he, he ac tweeted at
2: him i would ask as well. phil um just about like what was his uh young ross from friends energy that he was really exuding listen he it doesn't it's so it's so striking it's a, with the he mustache he really looks exactly i'm just
1: like saying him, except for, you know way bigger nose
0: yeah, you just waiting to take Rage. Honestly, to the pump. this is this is definitely my <laughs> white person bias, but he does not look that much like him to me. <laughs> like he just does
4: not <laughs> no three against one on this Y'all one. No, I understand like that. On this one, <laughs> but like in the same
0: yeah, the same way, like yeah, I just like I think Y'all I obviously look just have like... a more discerning eye, but uh right, yeah, he right, does right. not look that much like him. Um <laughs> anyway. Uh so Vision finds out that the power's out in the whole neighborhood and um I think that this scene is probably not my favorite scene, but I thought this was amazing, where Wanda's, like, concerned, like, whether the people of Westview are going to figure out about their secret. And mm. um, Vision, like, is has a very serious answer. Um, and AC, I'm going to want you to talk a little more about this. But that, like, uh, it's, you know, more than that, he gets really concerned. And it, like, jumps back, like, as if, like, the tape skipped. And it goes back and he gives a more generic answer just about them, like becoming parents. And like, I like, think that calms her nerves. And I thought that that was such a, honestly, I love the use of that because it really is like, she's like, no, it can't be that. No, I that, it was unacceptable to her. So she had to go back to a reality that wasn't that, you know?
1: Well, it's almost like a choose your own adventure book, mm-hmm. except like when you go to a page that you don't like, then you go yeah. back and just, and just start it over. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, like I said, one of the coolest things about this show so far has been um, Vision, you know, being as analytical as he is about these things, figuring that there's something happening here that doesn't make any sense and Mm -hmm. he's getting there, but then Wanda stops it. And then again, we get this cut back. And then, like I said last week, I'm just curious about this, this um, Wanda's powers, the way that they're going. The reversing of time—it's like I really does feel, and I know y'all disagree with me. Um, it really does feel like she has the powers of the time stone. It really does because she just keeps reversing time. She's warping reality. She's doing a whole lot of funny but stuff. See, like, and you know, if we'll you can warp reality,
2: you don't need to reverse time. I mean, she, I mean, clearly she's doing something. There was what I would time. say
0: is what I would say is. That I think both your theories are interesting. However, I think that as someone who is obviously as devoted to the MCU as I am, mm. one of the great failures is how poorly they've defined what the Reality Stone can do, and, yeah. or what the what Reality Stones is in general. No, like not, not just Reality Stone, like- but like what what and what the difference between if the Reality Stone can change reality, someone's perception. What is that than like the Mind Stone making someone think something else is going on? I don't want to uh, like. Adjudicate this now. It feels like the mind stone is
1: more of a hypnotism thing,
0: yeah. No, but I guess the thing is, what I would say is, what is the like in, in some things that that's a distinction that matters, like in that uh, Star Lord didn't actually shoot an actual laser to kill Thanos, he actually shot like bubbles. But mm-hmm. if right. it's someone else's perception, how much, does, I guess that my point is that they, they, in, in the practice of watching. It's not Star,
1: distinguished mean, in the way that you would want it. But
0: that's, once again, not what this is about. Um, what Quick yeah.
2: quick note. <laughs> really, I, I watched also Infinity War or parts of Infinity War over the weekend, and it really bothers me the way Thanos would, like, select which stone to use. I just feel like he, he was so new to having the gauntlet that he mm-hmm. wasn't using the right thing or he wasn't using it enough. Like mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you could, like, honestly, just power through everyone. Yeah. At that point, just to mm-hmm. murk people at that point, like the whole, <laughs> like turning them into other things. Maybe he's just like so benevolent that he only gets rid of like the exact amount that he needs to, but just like, just do the job.
0: Yeah. Could have been um, a movie. Yeah, exactly. B- Bill Belichick's advice for Thanos do your job. Just do um, your
2: job. <laughs> so
0: Wanda then it goes into actual labor. Um, and she starts having some real problems. And, uh, I really think that this is just a beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think the, the fact that it starts raining in the house and she's like my water just broke is just yep. like honestly just it's great like I, I think that the, the way that the show is unafraid to play 70s style sitcom well whatever genre it is style sitcom jokes completely straight and not make the joke that they're making fun of it just like no that's just the joke is yep. I, I really admire that so so much. The comedy
2: is in doing the comedy the way they did the comedy then. The comedy isn't playing on what it is.
0: Yeah, it's it's a pastiche instead of a parody, which right. I think is something that pastiche is so – is, I think, much maligned these days. No, it's been, I mean, not these days. It's been for – you know since, like, the 70s. But, like, I think it's just such a powerful thing to do. Uh, and then we get a commercial, which I'm not gonna leave to the end this time because I put it in the right place in my notes. I last time when I said I wanted to save the commercials for the end, I was lying. I just wrote my notes wrong and put them at the end. Um so we get uh Hydra Soak Bath Flakes, which great commercial. Um
4: yeah.
0: any thoughts on the commercial? Because I, I just have a generic thought that is about the commercial has nothing to do with the show, but any uh um any thoughts? Hey, want to what was go?
3: the commercial? No, because I kind of forgot what the commercial oh, was. It was the bathroom It was the yeah, basically the
0: mother was like having her so much stress yeah. and she was like taking a bath. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah, I don't think it was, you know, like the first two. No, um, it wasn't as good as those two. No. Right. Yeah. But it was cute though. I enjoyed it. So,
1: okay. I'm starting to get like a theme here because we're seeing the same lady that was in the prior commercial. Mm-hmm. And um, the same dude was in the first two. So, are these Wanda's parents? Mm. That's what I'm wondering.
0: Mm. I think so.
2: Because it's just yeah, based that's, off that's of these idea. commercials being like, in like this a mirror to them, her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. an interesting so that's point. Really
0: interesting. I wasn't yeah. going to say that. I was just going to say that the bit whenever they show a bathtub in like out, an outdoor area, I always think of – remember those Cialis commercials where they're the two bathtubs mm. on like the cliff? Yes. It's like yes. who does that? Who sits <laughs> s- <laughs> time to fill up a bathtub on a cliff? Like I get that you got the medication in you, that you're up and ready to go at any moment, but like bathtub? Like come on. Um, Honestly, Jake, if you need any explanation, ask your doctor. That uh, – it's a good point. But it's just like <laughs> I'm thinking like you got – I just think there's a time limit on that, man. Like you need to spend some of that time filling up a bathtub anyway. So they, uh, they hide under the the table and after the rain stops, they summon a breeze to uh, blow dry everything, which I thought was uh, very fun. And Mm -hmm. um, vision realizes that he can't get in contact with the doctor. So he has to run to stop him before he goes to Bermuda and, wouldn't you know it? Uh, at just after he leaves, Geraldine shows up uh, unannounced, mm-hmm. and we get a uh, very fun like gambit where she first puts on a coat to hide her pregnancy and opens the door. Um, and uh, I just love that the for Geraldine's first thought is that she's making a fashion statement, which I mm-hmm. don't know if that's time appropriate. I don't know if fashion statement was a concept that existed in the 70s, maybe, but uh, I did love it.
3: It's a uh, very um, good times
0: mm-hmm. like
3: um, the actress uh, Toyana is doing a wonderful job of like invoking all of the Black 70s sitcoms because that's something that would have happened Um, that would have been the reaction and like just her coming in and just going off at the mouth about her mm-hmm. day um, and I really love that because they incorporated Monica's real origin story in that but flipped it um. So instead of her getting fired by her boss,
4: mm-hmm. um,
3: she gets a promotion because in the comics, she does not get the promotion. That's how she subsequently, subsequently ends up becoming uh, Captain Marvel. Mm. And I just thought that was brilliant. And that's something that, again, you wouldn't catch if mm-hmm. you weren't familiar with the comics. But it's OK because of the way that they, um, you know, bring it in. You know, it's just. You know, just a fun story that she told.
0: It was a f- it was also I can relate as someone who is working full time at a job that started off as a temp position. Feels very good to see myself reflected on screen. Um and uh there's...
1: You're a
0: black woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you no, know, just like representation matters. Um mm-hmm. Okay, I said it too glib saying that. You know I'm, you know what I mean. Uh, I thought that'd be funny to say, but I realized I'm not making fun of that as a concept. Um, I know, Jake, but
3: it's still funny as hell. No, I know. Yes, I just yes, don't want my yeah. words to be
0: misconstrued. Um, I know you guys don't. Means but, no harm. Yes. It's not. But, oh. uh, and then she starts using different household objects to hide her pregnancy, mm-hmm. which I, I'm going to bet, I'm not going to bet money, but Jerome, I feel like you and I went the same place. Do you remember the 30 Rock bit? where when Elizabeth Banks' character is pregnant and she does, uh anytime anyone oh. like, enters a room, she has to hold something. And when right. she did like a TV appearance, like she, Liz Lemon walks in the room and she picks up a basket of fruit and it's like, oh, it's just Liz. And it's like, and then Jack Donaghy's like, she's been using household objects to hide her pregnancy. And Liz <laughs> Lemon's like, that's why you did the nightly news last night, holding a honey baked ham. And they show her on the news, holding a ham in front of her belly. Just great, great stuff. It's great stuff. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I just loved all these bits. I think they're just great stuff. Yeah, really enjoyed it.
2: Like Elizabeth Olsen does, like fantastically in these scenes yeah. for sure. Yeah,
0: like I said, and I—it's hard to do this without sounding like a dumb, reductive TV reviewer. She just like has a set of facial features that were made for a uh, multi-camera sitcom. Like she's so 400%. expressive that yeah. yeah. Um, and yes, Geraldine starts telling um, the story of her temp job, and Wanda has to pretend to be interested, even though she's not because um uh because she's facing off against the strongest character in the mcu exactly what what, and what is that character
2: a stork and yeah so what's <laughs> going on with the stork drone um tony stork is basically <laughs> coming out of the painting that was made
0: earlier in yes the which i episode. forgot to mention because you know
2: totally uh, yes fine. they make and they make
0: up they make a nursery it has a stork yeah
2: and yeah, so it comes to life and is just constantly walking into the scene at the risk of being discovered by Geraldine and, uh, and Scarlet Witch is doing everything in her power. The same powers that required Thanos to ask for them to fi- rain down fire could not do a single thing against our good friend Tony Stark over here. Tony Stork, um, just, That's great stuff, Jerome.
0: That a, thank that's, you, that's a thank great you.
2: comparison. <laughs> and um <laughs> stork industries uh, so <laughs> um, no but like the, yeah it, it just like it's just this madcap humor that goes back and forth um and never gets to the point of actually being discovered Rounds into and I guess we can just like move the plot forward just a bit like goes right into the room uh Geraldine's uh character and her story uh leads to like her needing office supplies wants to walk in there doesn't discover it this way and then we're heading into full bo- blown. Uh, giving labor.
0: Yes, um she sees the stork and realizes that Wanda's having a baby, and is surprised learn that Wanda's pregnant. And I'll say, I understand, and I think that this is—I don't think this is a mistake. I think that this is the show, but I think it is definitely notable that while she's surprised that Wanda's pregnant, she is not as surprised as one might possibly should be if you saw someone look completely normal one day and the next day they were nine months pregnant and giving birth. Um, but I obviously think that, I think that's intentional. I don't think that that's like, uh, right. bad. Um, by the way, uh, just if Tony Stork, uh, Captain America says, to Tony Stork, Bill, uh, what do you take the, take off the suit? What are you?
1: Bark, 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 bark.
0: Anyway, um, that joke was funny in my head. Um, so as this is happening, vision finds the doctor at home and he, um, he normally is, tries to not use his powers, but because his uh, future child is in jeopardy, he picks up the doctor and runs him home using super speed. Um, and uh, as this is happening, Geraldine's trying to make Wanda comfortable. And this is where things go absolutely haywire. And I know AC has his East Ray corner, but I was wondering, uh, Steph, off with all this stuff going haywire, I, s- I imagine that is there some specific like, comics thing that this specifically happens where because a lot of the visuals of it looked very comics like like the painting spinning and stuff like that i was wondering if there's any reference that that's trying to make
3: no um when she ends up giving birth it's actually pretty normal for a birth that she manifested so that would they were just really leaning into the 70s element Mm.
1: didn't dr strange deliver the baby
3: yes um, and then bounce. And then, like, completely didn't check up, didn't do anything. So, again, mm-hmm. side-eyeing him by the time we
2: get to... That's a check-in uh, doctor right there.
3: Yeah, yep. like, <laughs> just side-eyeing him when we get to this um Avengers Disassemble and um House of them Because it's like, my guy, you delivered these kids. You just checked out. You didn't check. You didn't... Hypocritical, oath,
0: sh- oath, I guess is what he's thinking. <laughs> um, I, I
2: do actually have a few questions about this scene, just mm-hmm. because. Uh, okay, so first the Geraldine part of it. Um, Steph does a great point of like shouting out just all the seventies, um, just kind of like the way of speaking, uh, especially for like the black sitcoms of the time. What I, I watched it again just before this pod. Does Geraldine switch at this moment? It seems like her tone and just how she's speaking isn't consistent across and you kind of see it slipping through in the more serious moments. But I don't know if it, that was just like by coincidence because of what's driven by like what's happening in the moment or she really is actively switching between.
3: I feel like she's actively switching between. Okay. Um, and I get, it gets progressively, I guess more prominent the closer we get to like, you know, her pretty much given that reveal or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. That I think that is intentional, and that is Monica breaking the Geraldine character.
2: Got it. And then um, the other part to it that, uh, especially in this scene, and just the idea of Monica coaching her through labor, just because we, like, obviously, we're sitting in a place where we don't believe any of this is real. And we think it is probably at this point, just the way she's controlling it, a manifestation by Wanda. But, like, Anthony like AC went through this last episode and if you read anything on it they're just there's so many potential parties at play here right like we could have sword we could have Mephisto involved in one way or another and uh, obviously Wanda seems to be currently the one in control of everything but when you see your coaching through it do you ever did you have any feeling of like say this was the danger room in X-Men like she was like in her own simulation and learning how to control her powers
3: no, but now that you bring it up just maybe. because like because like a yeah lot of it,
2: like in ter- well like we we know at least in the wanda situation like it's more through agnes that she learns how to control her powers like relative to her emotion but there was just like something in the way because we don't really know yet what monica's yeah. role is we just know that monica is obviously not geraldine like gerald geraldine's not geraldine it's monica and we like jumping ahead to the end of the episode Um, and also from the sword insignia that she has, that she's wearing, like, there's something that is vague right now about what her role is, what is she trying to do in there? And clearly, she's there to help Wanda, and in that situation, like, like, what is the aim there? Is the aim to, like, help her in the sitcom scenario? Is the aim there helping her trying to get through into something? Or is the aim there, like, trying to help her? Because um, I wonder, when it comes to Wanda, like, her big thing, when when you think about Ultron, she's basically been sidelined because she's a loose cannon like mm-hmm. she just is out of control so if you are in this world now where you have one of the most powerful beings but is not able to control things you wouldn't be surprised if a shield or any other entity is trying to put her in a situation where she learns how to control it so she's not a danger to humanity Eight, seven, 10, and hmm. is this something that we might be seeing right now is like i i don't think so necessarily but I, like it was one way that i started interpreting the scene Mm.
3: No, like, I can see that um, that's my th- that's one of my theories and the other one is that Wanda, after she came back um, after the snapshot um, is like just really going through it and finds Westview and then like just starts practicing with her powers by herself and then this right. is why we have this and S.W.O.R.D. has had to come in to, like, help these people because I, like, does Agnes and her like do they I feel like they know that they that something is wrong right but then I'm just like do they know that something's wrong because like every now and again like they'll remember like "Mm, something's not right or are they also part of the simulation in the way that if it's a training sequence for her um and they're kind of breaking character that way like I'm torn between those two
0: yeah. I think it's interesting. I'm more inclined to think it's the former more than anything, just because I think that that's what I tend to enjoy in stories like this. Cause what it reminds me a lot of is a con- concept, which in a movie that I still enjoy, even though I think it's been maligned by the internet over the past decade in the film inception, when they talk about how, <laughs> even if things are bizarre, you never realize you're in a dream when you're in a dream. And that like, mm-hmm. I think that there's a way that like, even if, this neighborhood is being turned upside down and like changing decades every minute to minute. Like your mind just can't really accept the things like that are happening. And so like I wonder if I mean like my actual actual theory and we can go to this at the end of the episode is that I actually have questions about whether or not any of this is happening at all. Um like whether or not yep. it's not just Wanda in a room by herself. Um right. but uh I think that it's it, it is interesting to think about like like you're saying that whether or not they're realizing something's wrong because they're part of an experiment or like a, a training exercise, or they realize something's wrong just because like they're being so manipulated that they only have like moments where like hey this doesn't I don't remember it being like this, but anyway we can save that for the end when we do theories. Um, yeah,
2: no, um, the like to put just because we're talking about it here, but we can address it later on. My big question, looking at everything that's going on right here, is like who's the real intruder?
0: And where did he come from? Into I feel video? like there's multiple. Like,
2: That's just me. Right. Like, yeah, that because like, obviously, like this episode ends with, you know, Geraldine kicked out and being treated mm-hmm. like she's the one who's invading into this. But is she really? She got one thrown
1: one? out like Jazzy Jeff. Right. Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's get back to the plot. Let's get. Through yeah, this so uh, yeah, there's not much to, left. Like, breakdown, um, yeah.
0: So, uh, you know, Geraldine's acting like a good midwife and uh well she's being a good midwife and uh Gerald, and Wanda gives birth and it's a beautiful baby boy um and Vision arrives just in time and uh he calls him Tommy which is well first i really actually genuinely like this moment and you know those moments where you're watching something and you're not expecting to like feel any emotion at all and you hear something and you just feel like the rush behind your eyes like i'm not gonna cry but like i I, it turned on randomly when she says meet your son as yourself i randomly was like whoa oh geez (laughs) i was not expecting that but like that really got to me as the man who's met his son like did that like give you something like you know to hear that
1: no it's it's really cool and it's funny like i every time that somebody has a baby in a sitcom, my wife and I always joke, it's like, yeah, that's really not how that, that's really not how the baby don't come out like that, because it's like yeah, there's just a whole lot going on, and obviously, you, Steph you still knows this your too.
2: Your cyborg uh, features, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, man, like it, it was a really, really cool moment. And then you know, you talk about Vision one Vision name saying, let's name him Tommy. It's just like a nice nod. Yeah, shout out to shout out to the benevolent Vision there. Yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. a cool moment.
0: Um so, yeah, they call him Tommy, which great stuff. I mean, you knew that was going to happen. I mean, I knew there were going to be twins, but you knew that was going to happen. That's good sitcom stuff. Um, and they have a healthy boy in their hand. And, of course, then this is the part that's completely unrealistic as someone who was a twin. And I haven't gotten, obviously, very detailed descriptions of what my birth was like. But I can assure <laughs> you that, one, my mom was definitely sure that she was having twins beforehand. And, two... Mm-hmm. As my mom, I'm the I'm the second of two twins, and I'm seven minutes younger than my uh my twin brother. I almost called him my older brother, but I'm not going to give him that satisfaction. Um, <laughs> and my mom has described the seven minutes in between our births as the longest seven minutes of my life. Uh, and I you know I assume that no one on this podcast has had twins, but I can only imagine. And Steph, I only I assume you could imagine if after you had your son being told you could have another one. That's uh not great. And so my mom point being, there's. Out. There's no way that she would just be fine (laughs) during the the other time. Like after she has the first one, she's not going to be
2: pregnant for the course of like four hours.
0: That's true. So nothing. Yeah, all bets are (laughs) off. I apologize. At that point, yeah, there was no
2: point for her to like really process what was going on. Visions math was off for one Mm -hmm. thing. So yeah,
0: some useful android he is. Um, And yeah, so they have two healthy baby boys, and that's Billy. and uh vision then goes outside with nielsen and um and uh you know help was like hey you know have fun in bermuda yada 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 and nielsen says that you know i don't even know if i'm gonna go it's hard to escape dot 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 these small towns which Mm -hmm. foreboding stuff um like
2: exactly that's like where it hit to me i'm like he can't go to fiji at that point that was it was cool. It was
0: Bermuda, but um or no, no, like right? the Truman oh. show oh Fiji. Oh of course. I forgot that's Fiji, yeah. Um and uh then Vision sees Agnes and Herb are talking, you know, chatting it up by the wall that he chainsawed into. Um and they start acting like they pretend like they weren't talking. And Agnes is like, you know, is Geraldine with Wanda. Um and uh um I was gonna say, it, is this wait? Is this where the, she says the joke, or is it earlier where she says the joke that she didn't mind the power outage because uh, Ralph looks better with lights off? Yes, yeah, okay, yeah. She
1: mentions Ralph again and you know the whole darkness vibe that uh, we're getting again. The devil's in the details.
0: I, on the one hand, I expect Ralph to be something, but as a fan of com- of throwaway comedy, I would love if Ralph just is a punchline and has no story. <laughs>
2: Like I, I want Ralph to be Maris from like Frasier, just like or, never, yeah.
0: One of my favorite things of all time is in the television show Psych, which is I one of my favorites of all time. They uh, would, the police characters would just yell off screen at a police officer named Dobson in almost every episode. <laughs> like Dobson do this, Dobson do that. And in the last episode, uh, when the main character writes like letters saying goodbye to everyone, you see that he wrote one to Dobson and it's red and then it cuts and it's Dobson is Val Kilmer. So I hope that like Ralph Amazing. is a super famous guy that they just cast and do that. Anyway, I hope um,
2: it also is Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer <laughs> in the, like, at that point. <laughs> if we're, if we're going that route, let's just make Roger Val Kilmer. Might as that well. would be
0: fantastic. Um, well. so yeah. And Agnes is like, is Geraldine with Wanda in there? And then we cut back to Wanda and Geraldine and Wanda arena you know, is like, you know, I had a twin brother. Um, and Geraldine says, "Was Pietro killed by Ultron?" Um, mm. Which uh, that's the first time we're really like, this is really the first time that anything outside of anything from the outer MCU is mentioned at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it kind of like it's that it's that <laughs> symbolism of that trauma, and it hits her. She and, and I love I love always love the one tear. That's that's all. That's always a, like a cool moment. I was um. hit with the
2: trauma of remembering Age of Ultron. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think that was I don't think you know what's funny like in retrospect if you really think about that I'm movie and somebody like, mentions the just, other day. It's just like it's the it's the lame duck of Avengers movies. It's a, it's always. like an
0: album that has like five great songs on it and then the rest of them kind of are like eh. Right.
3: That's an excellent point cuz I actually uh, went back to watch Ultron after watching the first three episodes of mm. WandaVision because um, I was like, well, maybe I was wrong. I wasn't wrong. It's <laughs> still not great, but it so does not, set up a lot of stuff. not
2: like 808s and Heartbreaks or something? It's not that Absolutely not. <laughs> but like, it does
3: set up some stuff that mm-hmm. is really important. So yeah. like, it really plays the long game and And, much like, later, and break. Break. much like 808s and Heartbreak,
0: much like 808s and Heartbreak, late in, in Age of Ultron, as per Wanda, she gets some real bad news, uh, which is, of course, if Pietro dies at the Hand of Ultron, thank you i had to reach all the way across the room to get that one um and so that makes vision robocop continue then <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh, that album does have some hits on it though um and we then cut back outside and agnes and her basically tell vision that geraldine is brand new with no family which i i mean to me when i first heard that it's like it felt like, oh, they're just saying that she's a single, young, black woman, you know. But apparently, the thing, she has no home. She doesn't live anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Which is a red flag, generally. And Stay from these parts. See, if, if they said that, that definitely would have been racism. But the fact that she <laughs> literally has no home that she goes to is a problem. <laughs> uh, and then we cut back to Wanda being like, you know, what did you say? And I think it's like, it definitely a shift in the delivery of the line where she's kind of doing the switching where she's not delivering the line in a sitcom style. Um, and of course, Geraldine does the thing that sitcom characters do. Where she, she goes back to the sitcom character voice where it's like, yeah. oh, I said that you're a strong lady. Right, um, She's trying to bring her
1: back yeah. to, to that to keep the charade up. But Wanda ain't having it at this point. She's angry. And obviously um, she gets thrown out the way that she does. And it kind of signifies like, uh, not necessarily that Wanda's unhinged, but, as as these things be- begin to happen you know more and more um episode 1 with the with the dinner table and the choking and as she breaks it, she tells vision to to help him just the way the stern look on her face there uh the no in episode 2 with the beekeeper and the
2: rewind just slowly mm-hmm. the anger begins to grow um you know as, as anger, we go further in these episodes like all this undoing, she has less patience, and she's not doing yeah. it as smoothly each time. Like the rewind yes. was smooth, and then like she does a full like cut when it comes to re- like rewinding mm-hmm. or fixing up vision. And this one, she just throws her out. Also, um, Jake, to your early question about why the seventies work, excellent drop of Daydream Believer. Oh, by the monkeys at the end there, mm-hmm. wonderful song. Although Perfect.
0: is that I thought I always thought that that was a '60s song. Let me double check that. Oh, that's a good point uh yeah 1967 yeah you know it fits perfectly it definitely does in my mind if it's definitely feels uh more 60s and 70s but that's like the monkeys
2: like in its like association with brady bunch and all that like all Mm -hmm. fits really nicely there too yeah uh
0: i feel like someone tweeted recently because that's like the monkeys were a fictional band they didn't need to go that hard with uh they believer but they did um (laughs) which is true they didn't need to um Mm -hmm. like i i mean i was never i was a little too old to be a fan of it but like as far as i remember the naked brothers band didn't drop any hits you know (laughs) <laughs> um, so anyway, that, uh, th- there's, you know, as this intercut stuff, um, where Juan is basically like being more confrontational, basically saying, I, you know, going to Tim Robinson saying, I think you should leave, um, to Geraldine and she notices the sword necklace. And as this is happening, uh, vision is being told by, you know, business, like, what do you mean she has no home? And then Herb says, um, that Geraldine only came here because we're all because we're all, yeah. because we're all tracked. I don't know, you know, exactly. And, a-
3: see, and that's why for the simple fact that Wanda pretty much needed her out of the premises tells me that Wanda knows what she is doing. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, and also just like the rewinding and all of that, like, it tells me that she is very much in control of her powers and she knows what she's doing. But my question is, did something well i know what set her off but is there something else playing into that and that's why she's staying there in westview because like monica clearly she like she knows what sword is like wanda knows like what that is Mm -hmm. so like i don't like i i'm really inclined to believe that she came to westview um to like do whatever she's doing right now um, SWORD agents have been sent out to monitor and try to pull her out mm-hmm. and everybody else um, because, I don't know, like, if she was not in control, like,
0: See? <laughs> Geraldine would have been right. here. What I would say is, I a, a think, like, a quibble I have, and I mentioned this in the first episode, is I don't think that Westview exists at all in actuality. Mm-hmm. Because the reason is because I said, and Westview is a nonsense place name. Because yeah. West is, like, you put like West in like West Hampshire, so they have mm-hmm. West Hampshire, or West Moreland, it's like the west part of Moreland, and like View, it's like Mountain View or Prairie View, but like West View is nonsense. It's just two words that sound like they, and so I think that like it sounds, it's so, it's so on the nose of a cheesy fake town, that I think that that means it has to be fake town. But anyway, let me just quickly finish up the recap, and then we can go a different places. Um yeah. And I think the important thing here is that Agnes tells Herb to stop talking. So I think that that means that like, she has a different role in whatever's going on than Herb does. Um, and then this is, you know, where Wanda's like, who are you really? And we cut away. And, uh, you know, Agnes is like, "Ah, oh, I, I gotta go home to do my macrame. A thing I definitely knew before I watched this episode and didn't have to look up. Um, and then Herb goes back inside. Vision sees Wanda. And Wanda's like, Geraldine had to rush home. And then, of course, we see... And I just want to say this: I don't know if anything in the world makes me happier than the slow fade of aspect ratio, where it's, uh, something goes from like a full screen to like this, the different aspect ratio, where you, where it doesn't mm-hmm. cut, it like you see it slowly right. that the bars come in. I don't right. know why that makes me giddy, but it made me so happy, especially as Daydream Believer's playing. It's just like you love it. Great stuff, guys. Um, and but the harsh
2: in, cut when you go to IMAX in a Nolan film.
0: Now, and I just want to say, as someone who has on the podcast before said that he is. Honestly, at this point, based on the conversation I had while playing Among Us this weekend, I guess a stand for tenant is what I've been called, but I don't mind mm-hmm. it so much. But I do love when it fades. Um and we see that uh um Monica's been yeeted out, as Steph so eloquently put it. That's why she is uh paid to write words. Um and <laughs> she, basically a bunch of jeeps come rolling up with people with their guns out, and once again, just I can't emphasize how great it is that such a like troubling thing is happening with daydream believer. It's like, so it's honestly, it's like it, it felt cinematic in a way that TV shows aren't. Mm-hmm. It, I, I just like, Oh, I such a great fucking ending, man. I, I can't even uh, AC. Talk to me about this ending. Cause it was, it made me so happy.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, you gotta, again, and I feel like this is something that I can't emphasize enough. Elizabeth Olsen has to sell these things on screen and the way that she's selling, like Steph said, her being a part of this, and this is her show. She's doing this. She's doing all of this. You got to sell it there. You got to sell the emotion of the Pietro moment. Uh, she's t- she's given the baby the, the Sokovian lullaby. And... Pretty much like, um, oh my gosh, Jerome's Zoom background is killing me right now. Billy and Tommy from the Power Rangers. Oh my goodness, I had to break, had to break what I was saying just for that. It's hilarious, <laughs> man. Oh um, no, it's okay. Um, but it's it's just a great ending, and I think the and then Vision too. Vision again is is still no matter what Wanda does, and no matter what anybody does, in, in terms of trying to back him off of this, he still sees that there's something crazy going on. And that's where the tension build of this end of the episode continues to show that the storytelling in this show is they're dedicated to it. And I think that's important. If you want to build this turducken, as I called it last week, where, you know, you're you're mixing a psychological thriller into a cheesy sitcom, into a mystery. And that's why right now it's working. And as we continue to build, we're basically I would call this the end of act one. At the end of episode three um we're in a place where we feel like we know a little bit more but we still have no idea exactly mm-hmm. what's happening and i think that's the that's the fun part of this is that we're all on a ride and we don't know where it's going so to your point tremendous ending and, a, and really a great setup for what's to come
0: exactly and um i'm actually by the way just in case you wondering i'm looking up i want to see who invented the turducken because like it definitely <laughs> feels like something that we and we meaning white people came up with, um, but I really just because it, it's just it's not necessary. I can't imagine actually wanting one anyway. Is uh, on a home TV turkey dinner, what? Keep going. <laughs> oh, sorry, I missed <laughs> you. <myself>. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steph, what did you think about the ending?
3: I loved it because shit's about to get crazy. Clearly, um, I was kind of wondering though, like why the. Um, the agents or the military people, personnel, whatever, were pointing their guns at Monica, which makes me wonder, do they, like, know that, like, is this sword set up? Is this someone else's? and or is, is this she... Hydra? Right. AIM? And, like, yeah. all that's in play. All of them. So, like, is she just there? Was she there undercover and she blew that? So it just has me more excited for the next episode like each of these episodes have left kind of on a sort of cliffhanger in a way um that just makes you ready for the next one
2: and jerome i mean they really covered it uh this is this is the thing i was asking for this whole time like let's let's break out let's start like really messing it up let's exist in not just the tv world and Mm -hmm. actually start really asking the real questions about what is going on here and starting to lay out the pieces um kind of my earlier question of like who's the intruder who is who is really messing this up who is actually in control of all these things um i think if anything that we're learning from these first three episodes is we can't really trust anything that's going on even when it's like at face value we're seeing like wanda's controlling all of it you know there is something that really can be said about you know wanda and her kind of vulnerable situation where uh it's it's very much like is wanda actually in control of what she's doing is someone manipulating her just Mm -hmm. everything that's like happening here like
0: finally we're breaking free and we're actually trying to figure it all out Mm -hmm. and yeah and this show is getting really complicated which also side note and then we're gonna move on to the next category of things Apparently, it is a very contested thing of who invented the turducken. There are two people who claim they did. This guy, Paul Prudhomme, did. And then Mm -hmm. Brothers Junior and Sammy Hebert in Louisiana claim they did. They're a big argument. So... Prudhomme definitely
2: invented the turducken. Because you can't name something a turducken without having your last name be Prudhomme.
0: That's true. Um, So uh, you heard it here, guys. Um, That's who invented the turducken. But (laughs) um, a more important invention than all that is this segment. uh, Because... we, talked, we went through a lot of this stuff. We, we, this has been a much more expansive synopsis uh, and much better than the last one, in my opinion. But what we're really looking forward to while you tune in is AC's Easter Egg Corner.
1: Well, so I just wanted to say, if you're looking for any types of Easter eggs in this show, just call my name. I'll be there. Woo.
2: That's beautiful. And there, I, I also was thinking, like, yes. I, I, I forgot I put you to this last episode. You did, and, I, and I'm dedicated. I already got it's the fantastic. 80s lined up for next week. I was like, because I, I guess, does this, this fall in 70s or 60s? I don't know if we missed it, but could we have done a sh- shaft situation with, like, eggs? you damn right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to really love that. AC Roundtree
0: coming in. <laughs>
1: I just need the mustache (laughs) down this way, and then we'd be good. Nah, just wait for next week. Next week, I got a good one. Um, But nonetheless, um, this is the Easter egg segment. Um, Just to get off the top, really, and again, and I pointed this out, the devil is in the details right off the bat. As we're going through the title card and we're going through all the scenes, we see Vision reading a book about pregnancy. The book is colored red. There's a silhouette in the book and I just gotta say, there's some devil stuff going on. So I'm gonna assume Mephisto's involved, or maybe even Nightmare, because Nightmare's been the rumored villain in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, just to go to the, the thing next about thing, Mephisto
2: that throws me off, like, and it's yeah, completely up? my fault. I could just like Google Mephisto to see what uh, they look like, but. Um, Whenever you say Mephisto, for whatever reason, the image of him in my mind is Morbius from the animated uh, Spider-Man series. (laughs) I just assume that's what a Mephisto would look like. Um, But uh, continue on.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, right at the opening, we can already see at the store where Wanda envisioned by baby stuff. It's called Wentworth's. The name refers to Deidre Wentworth, who assumed the mantle of Miss Marvel in the Dark Avengers and as superior leader of the Femizons, which is a group of supervillains. As opposed to Ducksworth, um, who
2: funded the Mighty Ducks.
3: And we <laughs> covered that. <laughs> and Marvel, uh, Marvel did what?
2: And also, opposed, yeah, that's as right. opposed yeah, to Black Captain America, the and the.
0: You get whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a fun episode to go through. Um, Ger- Geraldine is at Wanda's house. She tells a story and talks about her boss, Mr. Haddocks. It may be a reference to Myra Haddock, scientist and director of Prometheus and Department H, the Canadian government agency that monitors and controls the activities of superhumans and the Alpha Troop. All right. So there was one thing, and I, I have to go back to last week for a second. There was something I I missed in terms of the character Dottie. So, Dottie, I had a, maybe like an inkling that this could be somebody related to Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. But somebody pointed out, and unfortunately, the Twitter name forgets me. I'll, I'll credit him next week when I find it. Uh, Dottie's husband, obviously, is named Philip. I'm guessing maybe this is possibly Philip Jones. Now, you always wonder, where do you hear that from? And then you, and then you realize Philip Jones is Moonglow's husband in the comics. The character Moonglow is uh, from the, what is that, the, the the Squadron Supreme stuff?
3: Yes, that would be correct.
1: That would be correct. So the Squadron Supreme does have dealings with uh, Mephisto and the Avengers, and there's a whole lot of stuff going on with that. So it's possible that Dottie's character
2: has a lot more to do with what's happening here than uh, what we originally think. I do have a question, AC, just because... Uh, like the Easter egg segment is awesome, just because it really reveals, and I think it's so necessary for this specific show, how much detail they're putting in. Um, but one thing I am curious about is, for all the references that are in there and all the things that are pointed out, like only a percentage of it actually is going to be intended to either be shown in actual characters or in actual parts of the plot. And oh yeah, they throw in stuff. And, and part of my wondering is uh, like, and I, I wouldn't mind if you're able to kind of like uh, speculate from your end when you're going through the Easter eggs is of the things that you're finding that are references, which ones do you think are just references that are just peppered in for the sake of, you know, giving um, like hardcore fans something to just remember as a reference? And how many do you think actually will drive the plot forward or actually will like come become a part of this uh, series?
0: And to piggyback on that, I just want to say that I think something that, I think fans like UAC, not necessarily you, but sometimes you, I think will overinterpret some some Smalley eggs mm-hmm. to be like, oh, that means that this, like... S- Which I was about to answer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I think, I think that that's a really good question, Jerome.
1: No, it is. And um, I think, so the Grim Reaper's helmet, as we saw in episode two, might be something that's just there as a nod right. to the history with, uh, with, with vision. But like in your estimation, like,
2: and I think actually like Stephanie would be a great resource to kind of just, cause I think both of you will have a good idea of where this could be going. Whereas like for Jake and I, we don't like, we're just kind of along for the ride right now. So when you're kind of going through each of these things, like, do you really think it's going to come in to play? Or do you think it's just a, you know, a a nod, like nudge, nudge, wink, wink? You want to go Seth?
3: Yeah, I was going to say like a lot of it, I feel like it's just a, n- a, a nudge in a wink um, because like they're not going to bring in Wonder Man. I wish they would It'd be nice mm-hmm, if they mm-hmm. did. Um, but if they're not going to bring in Wonder Man, they're probably not going to bring in the Green Reaper and the connection. I heard scene... that a theory
2: that one, like that the vision that you're seeing there is Wonder Man.
3: Right. So I was going to yeah. bring that up. Um, so then that kind of so that's what I was going to say. Like if they do that, then that leads me to believe that if Vision has been rebuilt, because Vision is Wonder Man, or mm. so to say, or whatever. The
1: brainwaves of the brainwaves uh, Vision in the whatever. comics are from Wonder Man, yeah.
3: Yes. Um, so,
2: And we have pieces that, from, like, because Shuri has already downloaded part of Vision, as we right. know right now from Infinity War.
3: Yeah, so there is a possibility that maybe those two get brought in. I don't, I mean, I don't see it, but maybe. Um. But Uh, Like the smaller stuff, um, no, I think they're just winks, like uh, Monica's boss or whatever. Like, I just kind of feel like that's more of a wink to let you know, like, hey, this might exist in this universe, but you'll never see it type of situation. Um, And I think because of the way that um, the show is set up and they're doing sitcom stuff, it's allowing them to put in all these Easter eggs. And it's a series, too. So we have time to catch it, watch it again, Um, unlike a movie where if they put this in, then it would just get lost. Yeah, Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think too yeah. that they're, and I'll leave it back because I, 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 think that they, I think something they don't know. Like when I remember when uh, Aaron Davis was in Spider-Man: Homecoming, they're like, "Oh, this means Miles Morales is gonna come in." It's like, no, it just means that he could. Like, and I think that there's some stuff where, like, it, I think that a lot of it, it doesn't matter, and I think that, I think it's a, I think it's a, you're doing a disservice to what's actually on screen if. It needs to be one or the other at all times. You know what I mean? Like for sure. It could start and off as just an offhand I... joke and it could become an actual yeah. thing. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's
2: why what, what I like about like kind of really using the segment to kind of like actually pinpoint and see like which one of these are really going to be things that we can build on because mm-hmm. like obviously we're like looking to the series and looking forward. Uh-huh.
1: And so I really do feel like to answer your question, the the Mephisto nightmare thing, that's a thing. Like that's something they've alluded to it too many times and it's become a central part of what's happening. I do think the, we keep seeing the hexagons, which is the, the symbol of aim. That's a, the aim Hydra experimenting thing.
2: We know that already because we, yeah, that's already a thing too. So that's a part of this. It does exist. It just, what was that? Wonder Man does exist. Was, he was a part of, I think, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but was deleted.
3: Right, right. You're Nathan right about Fillion
2: that. The already has played Wonder Man, but has been removed from the movie. So in that right. regard, there is an opening to bring him into the series or bring him into MCU because technically he does exist and actually has an actor associated. And then
1: assuming Wanda rewrites reality as we're headed down this path, that could happen. You were so- going to say stuff?
3: Well, no, I was going to say then that then I don't think the vision is really gone then.
1: Mm. I don't. And I was just about to say, because I kept I, I swear, like every time I was supposed to say this last week when we were talking about his vision alive and I just keep forgetting. So you go back to the end of Endgame when uh, Clint is talking to Wanda and Clint goes like, you know, I wonder, you know, I hope they know that we won. And then Wanda goes, they both do as you know, talking about uh, Natasha, and I'm assuming Vision. So again, like, the fact that she still senses his presence, whatever that led to, um, in terms of bringing him back, uh a deal with the devil, perhaps, is, is just like something that, you know, I'm intrigued with. And, you know, just like the, just like the books, like, is Wanda having these kids as a part of the deal? Like, is that something that's going to become uh, something in the play in this series? And like you said, Jerome, there's a lot of stuff. They're throwing a lot of stuff at us. There's so and... many different
2: directions we can go. I, I think there might be yeah. a fun thing that we can do here. AC, do you think you would be able to come up with like four like realis- realistic directions this can go based on the Easter eggs we have so far? And maybe we'll have our fans uh, vote in a poll on Twitter to see where- Oh, that's not going. a bad idea. Yeah.
1: Okay, Um, yeah, I can actually do that right now. Um, So I think direction one, I feel like, is the one that I'm most strongly inclined to believe is that um, Mephisto is the villain, Mephisto's gonna be the future villain, and not only in this, but in in Doctor Strange and probably even Spider-Man 3. Um, So like, he's behind this main thing and Wanda in concert is fully in control of what she's doing. Um, That could be something uh hydra and aim Mephisto
2: makes it to spider-man i want some sort of weird wordplay joke that goes between Mephisto and mysterio in that just like Mm. something back and forth where (laughs) peter parker is confused across
1: no that would that would that would that would be absolutely great um hydra and or aim um i think I think they are a part of this in some type of way. Is it definitive that they are the main part of this or is this a secondary storyline? We can make that a second uh, portion of this. Uh, Is this ultimately Wanda's decision to do, and in a lot of ways as Avengers Disassembled does, make her out to be the villain of this story? And Doctor Strange shows up at the end, and it's like, "Yo, we gotta, we gotta fix this," and that's how this goes. That's possible too.
2: Um, Steph, it looks as... like you have a thought on that one.
3: No, I was gonna say, like, yeah, because why not? Like, she's gonna be in that movie, so you know, why not? It's, I yeah. really strongly believe, like, um, this is like her, her Marvel, uh, not Marvel been, but her Avengers disassembled. Um, so, yeah
1: yeah yeah major house of m vibes too with her reactions to stuff as she's kind of like cool and calm but then at the same time you could see that she's kind of going nuts at, at the same time so um that's an aspect too and as a fourth thing huh A fourth thing what would be a fourth thing that's an interesting thing to uh, it's to an, an ashton kutcher punk what yes yeah that's that's definitely <laughs> um... you know what you know what, maybe. Wanda is
2: uh, <laughs> suffering from bankruptcy on back taxes, and they are actually evacuating her house, and she is escaping from sitcom to sitcom, thus recreating the house. Um, Ashton Kutcher shows up at the end. Funny enough, not as him, but as Steve Jobs.
0: Yes. Wow. 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 I was going to say, wow. Ashton Kutcher uh, as plays himself. Well, I embedded but- the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. I forgot he was Steve Jobs in a movie. Why would you bring that to my memory?
1: <laughs> so I did, I did want to get this in because, again, this kind of plays into the whole Hydra theme. So Dottie's husband, Phil, is reading a newspaper with a headline that says two fire hydrants added on Main Street. But he folds the paper, so it just says Hydra. Hydra. Ooh. And all right. also... All right, all right. Two fire hydrants, again, symboling the twins. So we get the twin motif, um, too, as they keep referring to it in could, this series. It could series. connect back
2: to, like, that neighborhood watch and just the weirdness around the paranoia around
1: yeah. just,
2: like, the red and all that that's happening. That could play into some of the hydra elements and just the infiltration.
1: Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's the main part. Is hydra already infiltrated sword. We have the whole secret invasion thing with the Skrulls, like, they doing that down the line, so who knows if all of this stuff mm-hmm. is included? Um, the final thing that I'll do that's interesting is um, Agnes's brooch looks like it has three witches, one holding a scythe. There are a few options for what this might be referencing. Focus, the focus. obvious one is there are three witches from Macbeth who use prophecy to steer the main character to its doom. So, Wanda clearly Agnes is in 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 you know in league here. So one way or another, either guiding her to what she's doing. Or trying to find a way out herself is Mm -hmm. what I would surmise right now. So Mm -hmm.
3: I know this is not the case, but it did cross Mm -hmm. my mind. I'm like, what if Donnie is actually Agnes? I don't think that's (laughs) the case at all, but like, Mm -hmm. what if?
1: Right. That would be another that would be an
2: interesting throw off. Yeah. Double swerve. If you ever want to throw someone off in a show, you definitely cast Catherine Hahn because everyone's going to point yeah. to Catherine Hahn. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. that would be really amazing if they do. that. And it would be
1: Marvel because they've done this before. And so. it
2: wouldn't be the first time that that uh, actor played a witch in a show. Shout out also Michael. true. Right.
0: Um, right. Exactly. Also, by the way, there was yeah, big news so, uh, that. Oh, yeah, sorry, that, no, that. I thought you were still talking.
1: No, I was just going to say that that pretty much does it in terms of like the main things that we want to look out for that will impact the series. And I think Jerome had a good idea there. We'll try and be a little bit more uh, concise with those things going forward.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that it's, um, I think that it is very interesting to, I think that the Easter eggs are fun to recognize in the moment, but I think they're more fun whenever we see what it actually happens because Mm -hmm. like, I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm not, I realize as I was saying it, like you're saying the most obvious thing in the world, Drake, but, um, like, I, I, I am excited to see which which of these Easter eggs are the ones that are actually foreshadowing it. which ones because that are just kind of, of jokes.
2: Either, it's actually planting the seeds exactly. of what's going to move forward to. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, the Ralph Devil thing is like, that's the one thing, like, like it's just sticking on my mind. They're hammering that point home but with seems every to episode. Be
2: the most likely mm-hmm. direction that we're heading with this. Mm-hmm. Do we, do, Um, actually, you know what? I don't even want to know the answer to that question. But you know what? what? I was going to
3: say, um, if, we ever get the X Men? Um, Misfi- uh, is uh, Nightcrawler's daddy.
1: Oh, is that yeah. Okay.
3: I don't think I am mis- it because yeah, like um, he and um, uh, Mystique, you know, had
2: a night and yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, so AC, I want to actually round back because you wanted to address this and we didn't talk about it. Yes. Why is Vision so fast?
1: Listen. Um, the Vision Fast thing, you you threw the little Quicksilver thing in. This is Wanda's manifestation of, you know, wanting her brother to come back. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to assume this is the thing. Evan Peters has been cast in this show. Now, as what? I don't know.
3: I didn't know that. That's news to me. That's Yeah,
1: obviously he hasn't shown up yet, but he will. So Mm. my guess is either he could be the villain of the series or...
2: Maybe we now, got a quick Aaron Taylor Johnson was also casting it, but showed up in a <laughs> sitcom situation during a Halloween episode, dressed as Kickass. Like, I think that would be amazing. But <laughs> real um, quick,
3: because right. I lied, um, because they look alike, but it's um, Azel, who is um, Nightcrawler's daddy.
2: Uh, uh, no my oh yeah, that makes sense. If, because, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm yeah, racially
3: right. profiling demons. I'm just
2: I, just, right. I was about to say. <laughs> This is this is the Ross Geller thing, like brought back full circle, except mutant. <laughs> and also, I should also I should mention, like Meph-
1: Mephisto does have dealings with, um, has had dealings with Shield in the past. Like, he's done mm-hmm. business with them, so mm-hmm. that's like a that's like a thing. So, in terms of the whole Shield Hydra sword connection, um, that can you know that could play a, a part in all of this too. So, you know, we'll see what happens. It should be very interesting. Oh, and of course, who the hell is Herbert, man? Mm -hmm. Who is Herbert?
2: What's his deal? Just a friendly neighbor who's really bad at cutting the Mm -hmm. weeds. Yes. Now, I brought up the high evolutionary because
1: that's his name, and it it made me think about the whole mutant scenario and how this is how we create mutants and all this
2: other stuff with the experimentation. I mean, it it will be interesting to see see. what he develops into and, like, what we see in full circle because, like, I'm here for Herbie Fully Loaded.
0: <laughs> well done goodbye well, good well night, you. You. Well good night. Thank, thank yeah <laughs> uh before we say good night um yes i'm gonna ask what i asked at the end of the last one um and i'll start with uh steph what are you excited to see going forward um not, not necessarily what your theories are because i think we got through that but like what even, no matter what ends up being the thing that's happening what are you excited to see i hope
3: that monica gets her powers in this Series, and I'm curious as to what how that will happen if it does,
1: mm-hmm. if it already did, yeah,
3: or if it already I don't think it has, but
1: I mean, when yeah. she went through the energy field, I don't know, I don't know. I'm just oh,
3: you know oh, what, maybe, okay. but no, because um, mm-hmm. I think somebody played around with her eyes and the gift because that doesn't happen. I've watched that thing like a hawk to <laughs> see if mm-hmm. her eyes, like, shout switched. out to it you, yeah. happen. um, okay. but. Jake, that's the thing. Um, I'm like, does Mond- I don't think Monica has her powers yet. I think she's going to get them in the show. I hope that she does, and I want to know how that happens because I she can't because you know Carol already got her powers the way that Monica mm-hmm. gets her powers in the comics. So I'm curious as to how they'll do that.
0: AC, what are you uh, most excited to look forward to? I'm
1: um, honestly continuing to address Wanda's trauma, where that mm-hmm. leads her. Uh, psychologically Mm -hmm. because the the show has continued to kind of like address that in a really really good and fun way and as we continue to go forward how much of an effect is this going to have on her overall and obviously it's going to lead to something terrible and how does she deal with that uh having so much uh, trauma already like that she's Mm -hmm. hiding from and the fact that she's going to have to face something uh much much worse and then in conjunction with that uh what the deal is with vision and how he's moving and what he's doing and it just his intellect continuing mm-hmm. and his and his comedic timing all of that I, i'm just excited to see him do more going forward
0: mm-hmm. um and now i just question think about his speed if he's doing this like walking fast and running fast now is he doing everything fast um is he, does he like he almost, does he do something too quickly um i'm sorry i'm sorry Wanda. wanted this has never happened before <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, Jerome, what are you looking forward to? <laughs>
2: um, I feel she had kind of a minutes restriction in this last episode, and I want to see more Agnes. I think, I think with Geraldine out of the picture, um, and honestly, throughout this episode, all the hijinks that were happening, I wasn't originally expecting Geraldine to be the friend who was working Mm -hmm. through it. I thought it was going to be Agnes the whole time Mm -hmm. Uh, as things went crazy because we kind of saw it in the first two episodes. Every time anything was seemed like it was about to shift or something was about to get weird, there was a sudden knock at the door and Agnes would show up. Mm -hmm. And I think in this, I think she's kind of like, since that first episode, relegated back to the background. um, I think judging by how she has been in this episode, the concern that she has, it seems like She's in a place where she needs to take more matters into her own hands. So I really want to see more of what's going on there. Also, because I want more Catherine Han.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the thing yeah. I'm excited to see, so correct? Um, given uh, I, that Jerome took mine, no, is that I think that as we get closer in decades to p- the present, I think that the barriers between reality and her fantasy are going to slip away because. I don't think it's an accident that as cuz you you TV in the 50s was as far away from actual reality as ever whereas mm-hmm. like now obviously TV still fake but like
4: mm-hmm.
0: sitcoms today are not necessarily they're they're, they're they're not trying to be as fictional they're not and,
2: taking you into a like fantasy world exactly yeah. Yeah.
0: and so I think that as it gets closer and closer it's not a coincidence that the real world starts leaking in more and more and so I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that the ways that they use that um, because also because the, honestly, as it goes on, the motifs are less obvious. And I think it's, I, I'm interested to see how they can evoke things like the nineties. Cause obviously, yes, the nineties, there's ways to evoke it. You give vision, a Seinfeld, esque puffy shirt, like you could do it, but it's, I am interested to see how they do it. Cause it's really not easy, but it's pretty, they're markers of a fifties or '60s um, pretty straightforward. Um, but like nineties and two thousands, not so much
2: we don't have to do it this one but maybe faking in the next one uh because we have no idea what the tropes are going to be moving like we don't have any previews any trailers that list No, us, like what exa- very think- like
1: very small like things that you sure. wouldn't give you any details
2: i i especially once we get to the 90s i think i want us to pick which like just let's create our parody before the episode okay good call all right cool
0: <laughs> great great production um as you know, all the great producers in Hollywood will tell you the best production is done uh in full view of cameras and out of the audience. Um That's what you gotta do. Uh, no, I'm kidding. mostly just because like I would forget if I didn't. Um <laughs> so yeah, man, I think it should come as no surprise that we're really excited about the show. And um if you have thoughts about it, if you and I I don't want to be hostile about it because I want to be less. But if you're not feeling it or if there's something that's confusing you, um, let us know and don't just tweet at AC what his thoughts are. Because I think that that's always the thing. Also, that really is – and I mean this in a a complete – I find this funny. It is incredibly humbling, Jerome. Am I wrong? That no one asks what your and I's opinion on it is. (laughs) I mean – I am the
2: person that went completely out of his way to make a Herbie fully loaded reference. Oh, for sure. So I, I don't, I don't blame oh, anyone. Oh no, I don't.
0: No, they're I, right. Don't.
2: Yeah, yeah. Without question. I mean, uh, if they, <laughs> if they really want to get weird with it, I think we're the mm-hmm. right people to ask about. Exactly. Answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yes. no, I think I think this is actually to your point in like a slightly more serious way. This is the kind of show where. You can talk about all the nitty gritty Marvel stuff, but let like we could also like especially in terms of TV sitcoms mm-hmm. and tropes and everything like that, like I think yeah. we have something to say on this one. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. uh and also I think before we stop, I think Drome, your concerns last time about mm-hmm. things not developing enough. I don't know about you, but I feel like this episode gave just enough that? to satiate those things.
2: It, yeah, no, no, it, it definitely moved along. Um I think the, obviously the ending of the episode really is just mm-hmm. the part that gives mm-hmm. you like the real hope of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's still, and like the Easter eggs are a good example and AC's con like the comments that he had been receiving about it. Uh, just the idea of are people able to enjoy this at, at face value mm-hmm. is still a little up in the air just because of like so much detail and it's a credit to the writing that like how much they're putting in, um, we're talking about it and we're breaking it down. I I wonder, and we can't ask our listeners here because they're just as invested as we are. But like, I would want to ask a person who just like is watching it as Disney Plus subscriber: Is this enjoyable for you? Like at yeah. face value, not knowing anything, not necessarily having a good background mm-hmm. on Wanda or anything that's going on, are you actually? Locked in? Are you trying to figure out what's going on, mm-hmm. or does it actually require you to be invested in the character and having a prior knowledge?
0: Yeah, you, know, you can point.
1: definitely hit me up. I like I'll definitely answer. Like if you mm-hmm. feel like if you feel like you don't, and that's the thing. Like I don't hold it against people who don't find it like interesting to this point. What I had pointed out earlier was just something that I noticed, and part of that was due to a conversation that I had with Steph about House of M. And it really does tell the fact that, you know, a woman's perspective is not often, like, used.
2: You can tell in the writing. You can tell in the That's a very valid and impressive. Just, like, in the kind of more unconscious bias ways that you, even if it is, like, an important character, you might annoyingly just not find the direct interest because... So often, when you think about comic books, you think you relate to a ton of male characters and male stories and their experiences. Yeah. So, yeah, like I, I definitely can't watch this and be like, "You're telling me pregnancy sucks." Like mm-hmm. I can't speak to that <laughs> in any way. But that's not in any way to diminish and say it's not an important story. It's not an important experience to share and understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
3: So I, I wonder if you're, you know, reaching out to AC um would you enjoy this more as a viewer who doesn't have prior knowledge of like the comics or whatever if you were able to binge it all in one sitting
2: mm-hmm. that that's yeah, the true. part i'm really like i talked to a friend about it and that's how we felt coming at the first one which is like ah oh, we kind of wish we just had it in full like we could just like go through it the yeah. whole weekend and like people see have gotten got too together. used
1: to that yeah that's really yeah. what it is we've yeah. basically had this stuff at our fingertips now for a while with the way that Netflix has done stuff and. Hulu, uh, but I also think it's
0: it no small part because the, um because Marvel and MCU has been movies and movies by the definition, you have everything at once. And so what, what I've been thinking about is that if this was a two hour, and 15 minute movie and the first 45 minutes only had this much progress, would people be as checked out? I don't think they would be. I think they'd be like, this is weird. I want to see what's going on. And I right, think that right, it's yeah. been, and I think that just, and I don't think that that's a uh, excuse because I think that, Like, I enjoy the show a lot, but I also think there are obligations that TV has that movie doesn't. I think that TV has to be entertaining every single episode on its own. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I'm interested in, uh, yeah, I think I'm very interested in hearing what people have to say outside of the big MCU fans. But obviously, that's not our listeners. I'll
2: ask it again when we actually finish the season altogether. Um, And I honestly, the answer to this doesn't in any way reflect on the quality of what we're seeing in front of us. Do you see yourself revisiting this series?
3: Oh, absolutely! Without like, a I, doubt, I
2: I wouldn't be surprised yeah. with yeah, Steph it. and AC on that, but like, no, you, yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, you see yourself like going. I think, but also, I
0: think it. it's just because I love the TV stuff too. I love the okay. comedy and stuff like that, and like, I think that this is a really a very interesting show for us to do because I think it really marries two things that the AC like the comic mm-hmm. stuff, and I think that I have such a passion not just for I don't I actually kind of hate classic television as of like actually watching it, but like the the themes of how television works and how it's th- reflecting I culture. It's, I love.
2: I, I think you and I are in the same place of like, we don't really need to like those genres, but we can really appreciate the execution of what we're mm-hmm. doing there.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so on that note, I want to first off thank our associated act, Stephanie Williams, for coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph, where can people follow you, find your work? Obviously, you got a million things going on.
3: <laughs> so you can follow me on both Instagram and Twitter at Steph underscore I underscore will. I have a website now, finally. It's why Steph.com and that's W H um, Y stuff.com. And there is all of this stuff like my authory page, um webcomics I have, um, the upcoming Marvel debut that I'm making with my Monica Rambo mm. story um, for Marvel Voice's legacy will be out February twenty-fourth. And I can't wait for y'all to read that.
0: Yes, it's so exciting. Um, I on yeah. AC, what can befall you?
1: So you can follow me on twitter at anthony canton underscore three i have another podcast called finding peace in the storm where i talk to content creators and people of that nature and talk about their lives and talk about kind of just compare notes on what's happening and then you know sometimes we'll even delve into sports on my last episode i had justin rowan of the chase down podcast uh we got into stuff on the inauguration from a canadian's perspective um dealing with the pandemic from a uh, depression standpoint really talked a lot about depression so like if you're into the whole mental health vibe this was a good episode to talk to and obviously we talked uh nba so it's a so
0: very apt pod name Pine- finding peace in the storm is really what it is
2: yeah no it's,
1: yeah, it's perfect for the times that we're in so like mm-hmm. um and this you know, the title I, of your first book right yeah it was yeah yes. so, and, I, and it felt like yeah it felt like me so mm-hmm. that's why I, like, I really am in my element here. So it's fun to have these conversations with
2: people. And uh, yeah, we'll continue that going forward.
0: And Jerome,
2: uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll on Twitter and Instagram. And I really hope this weekend I'm not obsessed with making constant uh, Bernie Sanders memes.
0: I will say, I think that your <laughs> Undertaker Bernie meme was the best one. Thank I think that that's the best. Ba- I, I really you. mean that. I second I, like,
2: that. I, like, I'll shout out the uh, person, whoever it was that did the UFC one, because yeah. it's like, it's this very weird, and <laughs> I guess... Like something <laughs> loosely related to Division, it opened up this new world to me where I was like, "Oh, he doesn't just have to be sitting."
0: Yeah, that was the I was thinking too. It's <laughs> right? like, like I was like,
2: "Oh, <laughs> he's holding a thing. If I can figure out how he's holding a thing, and mm-hmm. then
1: that's that's what I got to." Yeah, I, that um, damn black dragon roll has done it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, as as we all say, someone needs to get rid- it, uh, provoke his Adobe license. Um, oh, not you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh and you can follow me at the J Christie. Uh listen to my other podcast if you like the USA Network Original Series Monk that was on 10, 15 years ago, uh called No Funk and Strictly Monk. And we actually just had our third cast member on. Uh we spoke to Jason Gray Stanford, who's one of the series regulars. Um who's a great guy. So uh if you'd like that, if you ever watch that show, um once again, really uh proud of the work me and Andre Barrera are doing there. Monking it. Uh, yes, we're exactly. We, oh, we have a strict policy that we spend zero of the time Funkin and all the time Munkin. And if you don't like it, there are a million other podcasts, where there's plenty of Funkin. Um, <laughs> but more important than that, follow the show at yes. MC University Pod. Rate, if you subscribe, um, if you read give a nice review, AC will read it. Um I don't go into the reviews uh because I got a bad review on Sword of History early on, and it, uh, <laughs> I remember it vividly, and I don't want that again. Shout out to uh, Celia Stokes for that yes, wonderful yeah, that was a great Wonderful review. review. Thank, Thank you so much. Uh, Amazing. Thank the you, kind just means a lot. I really, really does. Um, but if you give, if you give a nice review and believe me, we share it in the group text and it makes us all feel very good. Um, but yeah, just keep tuning in and tune in next week as we talk the next episode of WandaVision, um, for Stephanie Williams, Anthony Canton III and Jerome Chang. I've been Jay Christie. Talk to you next week. Bye.